You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely other half, Dr. Jess. Hey, hey, just the two of us here to talk threesomes. This is part two to follow up from last week's episode with Justin Laymiller. And I think this is going to be an interesting discussion because we're going to share two things. One is a set of conversations and reflections to consider before you have a threesome, sort of the how to prepare. And also, I wanted to share a bunch of your responses on threesomes because I received a gazillion. (laughs) So I'm just going to read them at random. I'm not cherry picking them. I kind of just picked a whole bunch out totally at random because yeah, I'm fascinated by what other people have to say about their experiences or their desires. So I, I had put it out on my Instagram and asked folks who fantasizes about a threesome, who actually wants to have a threesome. And so as we said last week, the data suggests that many people fantasize about a threesome, but not as many actually do it. And then somewhere in between, there are people who want to do it. But on my IG, and we had thousands of answers actually, 61% say they fantasize about having a threesome, 39% say they don't. And then the numbers are pretty much aligned for desire, which is interesting. 59% say they want to have a threesome, and 41% say they don't. You know, I thought there would be more of a differentiation between fantasy and desire, but for our followers, or at least the people who answered, it was just pretty much aligned, which is interesting to me. I would have thought that the number of people who desired a threesome would have been higher just because of its prevalence in the media and and TV shows. It's like everyone always thinks that that's the fantasy. Yeah. And, you know, according to Justin Miller's research and research that came before it, you're absolutely right. It's in the higher, you know, 85, 89% range in terms of desire. I wonder too, though, if folks who maybe engage with my profile or, you know, followers in our community also maybe are a bit more reflective about what they want. So they're not just watching porn and saying, oh, threesome. And I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong or basic about wanting a threesome. I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong with wanting to have a threesome. I definitely, it's, you know, it's a fantasy for me. It's something that we've definitely explored together. But I just thought I'd throw that data out there and then I'm going to read through some of your responses. But before I do, I definitely want to announce this exciting new sponsor with whom we're working and that is Love Honey. And you're probably familiar with Love Honey because they have been in the business of sexual happiness for almost two decades. And I know that they were in the UK, but they're really becoming a powerhouse in Canada and the States as well. And obviously I I know I work with many brands, but Love Honey is a bit of a standout for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, they recently received a couple of awards from the Queen of England. What? Right. Queen's getting her freak on? I I guess so. You said (laughs) it. I didn't say it. You're the Brit here. So, And secondly, they've actually been sponsoring my show on TSC, All About Sex Toys. So I've become intimately familiar with Love Honey products. Uh, Do you remember when the boxes arrived and the boxes were big enough for me to fit in? That's how many sex toys we received. Boxes and boxes. Copious amounts of sex toys, thanks to Love Honey. Yeah. It was was a little ridiculous. Well, I loved it. I had to try them out. And and it's interesting. (laughs) because they seem to carry everything. Like I have never actually seen such a diverse range of products, everything from kind of high-end brand name toys that you'll be familiar with from my other sponsors. So they carry everything. And they also carry like little tiny pocket-sized travel toys with travel locks, which is really cool to me. Their Ignite line, they have uh, lingerie and they have their own 
line of products, as well as the only 50 Shades of Grey licensed product line. And I thought I'd bring up one of those toys because it's it's a bit of a standout in that I haven't seen a toy like this before. And it is the greedy girl thrusting G-spot vibe. And I was doing a demo of it on TV the other day and just watching this thing go is so cool. So it obviously has this bulbous head that curves against the G-spot, but it also is, I wish I could, it's almost like a, a gentle spring, so it also thrusts on the inside, and then it has a curved clitoral arm for the outside, so it's kind of got every single possibility. So it's any partner's perfect toy, because it removes any sort of additional responsibility to help the one partner get off. Like lower the pressure, <laughs> yeah. And so they, they, Love Honey has a big design team and they have, you know, a gazillion reviewers, I keep using that word, working on constantly improving their toys. So many of their toys have all these cool features, whether it's, I keep going back to the travel locks and travel cases because that's really relevant to me since I'm carrying them in my suitcase. But I do highly recommend you check them out and you can check out the links in my show notes or just head to lovehoney.ca or lovehoney.com and you can use code Dr. Jess. 10 to save on I think pretty much everything which is a good deal because usually when there's these promos there are many many exclusions but this this one is across the site so do check them out love honey and we want to thank them for their support and with that it's time to dive into threesomes let's do it all right so last week we talked about the data with justin Miller, and this week i want to talk about considerations and conversations that make for better threesomes and one thing that we continuously hear and i think justin said this and i said this and the research shows that when you prep for something it's almost always better right in terms of the building of anticipation the excitement the pleasure and and i think also just the outcome right when you're prepared it's not just something you stumble into you know because you've been drinking in a hot tub yeah the first time i heard about somebody talking about preparation was actually luna matadas at one of the trade shows and she was commenting on preparing for king play and having discussions with your partner and it wasn't something that i had really thought about before but when Luna was ex- explaining it, it made so much sense. You have this open conversation from the beginning. Everyone explains what it is they're hoping to achieve, what they want to get out of it. And more importantly, what are we going to do after the sex or the play is done? Which I just, you think about a threesome and I immediately go to pop culture. People are at a party. People have probably been consuming too much alcohol or whatever. And then it happens and then it's done. But when you think about planning everything and then, okay, who are you staying for food after? Are you spending the night? Are you leaving? <laughs> what do you want to get out of it? It could make the whole experience so much better. Yeah, the afterglow or the aftercare is so important. And you know, it's interesting, you think about a party. I think about couples unicorn hunting mm. because that's who I hear from so often, couples who want to find a third. And the messaging from couples is pretty consistent and also very predictable and fair. I understand that, you know, when you have something good, you want to preserve it. And so then you want to prioritize it. But in doing so, I think a lot of us, and I I think we've been guilty of this in the past, don't really acknowledge and deal with our own privilege as a couple, right? So I think that it's so easy for a couple to say, oh, we want to find a third person who will do this and do that. They have this laundry list of wants and demands, but they aren't really always thinking about the third person. So I think that's a really important piece that, you know, a threesome isn't just about adding a third into your existing partnership or play. It involves creating a whole new three-way dynamic and connection. And this doesn't mean that you all have to play or interact in the same way or it needs to be perfectly equal, but you want to attend to the feelings and needs and boundaries and desires of all parties, right? And 
having that laundry list of wants and demands from couples is a complaint that we hear from unicorns. And by the way, a unicorn is a single person who will hook up with a couple. Oftentimes, it's a cis woman. Oftentimes, they're expected to be bisexual. Of course, that is not always the case. But that focus on the couple or even the focus solely on one person's pleasure, right? Like my husband wants this or my wife wants that can make them feel like they're being used like a prop, like physically being used like a prop or treated like a a sex object, right? No affection, no conversation. And I think it's important that if you are checking in with your partner, like your primary partner, if you're part of a couple, that you're also checking in with this third person, right? Really showing concern for their emotional and physical needs. And other things we I've heard from unicorns in terms of complaints is they don't want to be hunted aggressively, right? When they're just being kind of bombarded with messages as though you're shooting fish in a barrel, again, it feels very objectifying. And the last complaint I've, I've heard from unicorns is that they get outed without permission. Couples will sort of use them as a trophy head and say, like, we did this. We we were with this person when they're not ready to be outed. So I think it's just really important that we think about all three people creating this new dynamic as opposed to it simply being something for the couple. I mean, I would say that you don't have to think about the unicorn if you're willing to pay a sex worker and have the discussion in advance. I mean, you still have to think about them, but yes, it's not in the same way. I, I didn't mean don't think about them, but what I mean is you don't necessarily have to, you know, if you're clear about you just want to focus on your own pleasure or the pleasure of your partner and not that of the sex worker, could you not then, you know, make that request request and pay for it? from the beginning and pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. But while also always acknowledging, I think, the humanity and the emotional experience of everybody involved. That's another actually topic I'd love to cover and how we can, how folks who engage sex workers can make sure that they're being really good clients. And I know we talked about that in the past with Andrea Warhan from Modern Horror, and I thought her tips were really helpful as well. Uh, So I just kind of wanted to put that out there first and foremost, the piece around acknowledging couples' privilege and and doing something about it. And, And also, I'm not trying to make people feel guilty. You don't have to feel badly. You don't have to feel guilty. It is natural to want to preserve your relationship. It is natural to want to prioritize your own needs and the needs of someone you already know and love. We just have to remember that this is a whole new dynamic. And so I would love to read some of the responses I got around threesomes from folks. And it's just this huge range of perspectives about whether or not folks want to have a threesome. So one person says, I'm not going to say any names, it's the greatest gift to give the one you love pleasure. Okay. Someone else says, I want to try both MMF and FMF. I think there's a lot to learn about sex from both. (laughs) This guy says, if I want to disappoint two people, I'll just have dinner with my parents. (laughs) I I got a lot of messages from folks who said that they've had them and they're kind of overhyped. This person says, I've had them and either I'm so concerned about making sure everyone involved is happy or I'm the one left out. So it can be kind of hard to engage three people. This guy says, I need to find someone who can last as long as I can so that she can enjoy two guys the same length of time. That's interesting. So for some people, I'm sure that's true. For me, that wouldn't be true at all. Like the lasting, I presume that means like erection prior to ejaculation. I know I make it sound so sexy. Um, I'd be less concerned about how long like that lasts because there's lots of other things to be done. Somebody says, I've done it many times. It's fascinating. Love when both the girls sucks and then smooches each other. Okay. If you're in a couple, make sure you debrief after each time and share any newly discovered limits. Okay, good one. You might not know your limits the first time. So use each experience as a learning option. 
stop. True, true, true. A couple people just said, I love threesomes. I love threesomes. Asking me if I want to have a threesome with you. No thanks. And then just reminders that threesomes can be fantastic, sensual time, but everyone should talk first and get comfortable. Another person says, yes, it's my dream fantasy to have a threesome. It can be MFF, MMF, love to explore sex always. Some folks are asking how they can convince their wife, and I'll suggest you go back to previous podcasts about how you don't convince somebody you present and and discuss. This person says, I'm not sure I could handle that. I'm monogamous, and sex is highly emotional for me. So I think it's really good that he knows his limits. Some folks say it needs to be planned and agreed upon first as to who is doing what, and we'll get to some of those questions. Ooh, this person says, three months postpartum. I had my virgin threesome with two men, double penetration, and then they just wrote, fun. (laughs) They They went for it. I love it. I love it. That's impressive. This person says, I feel it will ruin things in the long run. Fair enough. And that may be the case for some people. Sorry, they added more. I can't handle the thought of my wife with another man, and I'm sure the same for her. So it's good that you, again, know your limits. You don't have to do everything. A bunch of people just wrote, it's overrated. There's a lot going on. I always feel like I need to process a lot after and like I wasn't fully present. That really makes sense to me. Like just the overwhelming physical interactions sometimes can be too much. Yeah, there's a lot of comments about, I mean, the initial few comments, people wanting to make sure that all parties were pleased. I think that's really, it's just a much more thought through process that I don't think I would have been as focused on if I was doing it for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. It can be very distracting, right? Like I hear from a a lot of, you know, cis men, for example, who say that they lose their erection in their first threesome because there's just too much going on and too much pressure. Yeah, I I could totally see that being the case. And there's just... (laughs) I did like the response about wanting to disappoint two people right. going for dinner. That was With great. With their parents. Yeah. So this person says that they used to plan threesomes earlier on in the relationship, but later they started to enjoy them when they were more random and unexpected. So maybe mm. with experience, you can change the way you interact. I don't think I could handle seeing my partner being intimate with another person. I'm too insecure. That's fair. And it may not be insecurity. It might just be your own values. A lot of people commenting on communication. Somebody says the Eiffel Tower is the best part of the threesome. That's the sex position. I've been there, done that, was fun, but not something I'd consider again. If I was single, I would do it, but my fiance would not. Can you do it with friends? Can you do it with a stranger? So I'm going to suggest you go back to the previous podcast in terms of the data around who people are having threesomes with. Um, Somebody says, it's a teenage goal. It's overhyped, experienced. It's fun 100%, but not life altering by any means. I would say that's kind of my experience as well. They say most men, it's their holy grail. They want two women. This person says, having sex with two people means overflowing with pleasure. I get totally lost in the moment. It's absolute bliss. This person, this was a unicorn that says, I didn't like having a threesome with a couple. I wasn't attracted to the guy at all. And then somebody says, I'm very insecure. I need to work on that first. It's not where I need to be with my partner yet. Yeah. And I just want to say that, you you know, we all are varying degrees of insecure. Like one day I might be fine with something and another, I might feel really uncomfortable with it. And so you don't have to necessarily work on that. I mean, if you generally are feeling insecure, sure, maybe you want to work on that, but I don't want there to be any pressure. So then there's just a whole bunch more about preparing in advance, talking in advance, talking after. And then a lot of people who have done it saying it's overhyped. So maybe I should put some uh, polling out on that. Was it really hot or was it really worth it? So I just wanted to share some of that kind of raw notes from the community on threesomes. Before we get into now, you know, why we're here, which is some of the questions that I think you can consider either on your own 
with a partner, with all three people before having a threesome. So I'm just going to go through them and starting really broadly with why do you want to have a threesome? Because every damn group I work with, every group in the world, always, always, always people are asking me about threesomes. Like my data is 100%. I don't think I've ever done a workshop where I don't get an anonymous question about threesomes. Always. And so my first question is, well, why do you want to do it? Like what appeals to you? about it sexually, physically, relationally, practically. So that's, I think, an open-ended question. So why do you want to do it? What benefits are you hoping to derive from it? Uh, What are the perceived risks and costs? I know people who have put together kind of a cost-benefit analysis table. Uh, That's how I think, so that works for me. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. With whom would you like to have a threesome? Like, have you thought about that? Do you want it to be a stranger? Do you want it to be a friend? Do you want to engage a professional? Do you know if that person or those people are open to it? How might your relationship with your threesome mates change post-threesome? What excites you most about a threesome? What motivates you? What concerns you? Do you have any hesitations? What emotional elements of a threesome have you considered? Because you heard in our community response that a lot of people talked about insecurity. There were also some notes on jealousy. And all those things are fine. It's okay to feel jealous. It's okay to feel insecure. That happens. And we can't entirely avoid negative emotions. And in fact, for some people, those emotions can become turn-ons in a threesome. How will you manage potentially challenging emotions should they arise? So like, what if I do feel jealous? Does it mean that it's devastating? Does it mean that it adversely affects our relationship? Or do I just say, yeah, I feel a little jealous about that. I'm going to kind of file that for later and maybe go through it at a later time. Or do I know that when I feel jealous, I become so physiologically flooded that I'm just going to freak out and run away, right? So how do you tend to respond to these these feelings? Do you feel comfortable communicating your desires and boundaries, right? Like what holds you back? Are you good at this? Do you know what you want? How do you want to feel in the threesome? That's always my big question for people, right? Like what is it you want to feel? What conditions increase your comfort with open communication? I think that's a really important one, especially as you're engaging with new people or a new person. Uh, What makes you comfortable communicating your boundaries? Are there certain triggers that stop you from speaking up? Uh, What does your ideal threesome entail? right? Like what is the setting? What is the type of relationship dynamic? Who's involved? Specifically, what are the sex acts you want to engage in, right? Like we're barely kind of scratching the surface here. What are the things you want to do with your hands? What are the things you want to do with your genitals? What are the things you want to do with your mouth? What are the things you want to do with toys? Where do you want to do it? How do you want all parties involved? Like will two people play while one person watches and touches themselves? Or do you want all three people somehow physically engaged? Like would you feel left out if, I don't know, they were genital to oral or genital to genital and you were, I don't know, just playing with their hair or their toes or their chest or whatever it may be? I think we have to think about those specific things. I'm not saying you can plan it out and then it's going to go exactly as planned. But if you can at least think about best and worst case scenario, it can help you to decide your desires and boundaries and communicate them. And I think it's just really important to to remember that it's okay to experience a range of emotions. When you're asking these questions, I'm thinking about my own situation, what you know I'm comfortable with and not comfortable with. And it's so interesting because as you're talking through this, number one, all of these questions can in themselves become arousing and fantasizing. Like it's, it creates a bit of a fantasy just having that conversation. But you had also made reference to, you know, how would you feel if you saw your partner for the first time and you felt uncomfortable, jealous, or any of those things. And I think even just mentally thinking about that situation kind of, for me, puts me into that situation so that I can think about initiating those feelings. 
so that I can see how I respond rather than just boom, being in the situation and then all of a sudden being flooded with those emotions. So it's almost for me a bit of a teaser in advance to be like, oh, you know what? I'm thinking about this, you with somebody else. And yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a little jealous or I'm feeling insecure. So now I've put myself there and I'm already gauging how I respond, which I think would be a really helpful role-playing scenario. Yeah. And you're thinking about it from like definitely a coupled perspective because that's that's yeah. our experience. But these questions are for everybody, mm -hmm. right? So even if you don't know the two people you're playing with, you can still feel jealous, right? You can easily feel as though you're not getting enough attention. You can easily feel as though you're the third wheel. And so again, I go back to, okay, so what's the consequence of that? <laughs> like mm -hmm. if I don't get enough attention, is it the end of the world or do I just feel a little off in this moment? Maybe I lose interest in the threesome. Like mm -hmm. what do I do if I'm no longer turned on? because I'm not having my emotional needs fed. And so I think for couples, I, I would add some additional questions. So we had, you know, 10, at least 10 there to begin with, which take a while to get through. But if you are in a couple, you want to kind of think about, okay, so how do you anticipate the threesome affecting your interactions with one another? How will you support one another before, during, and after the experience? How will you make sure you support the third party before, during, and after the experience? How will you make sure that you really think about this new dynamic and you don't just prioritize yourselves? And how will you check in with one another during the threesome? How will you check in with the third, right? And it can be simple questions like, for example, you know, I'm trying to think if we're going to play with a, a group of three people, whether it's a couple and a single or just three people coming together, a question like, how will I know if you're liking it? Right. Or what will you do if you want more? Or, you know, what are some cues I can look for in your body to let me know that something feels good? Or in the moment, it can be as simple as do you like that? Like, do you want more of that? Do you want less of that here or there? Just kind of giving people options and not assuming. And actually, threesomes must be a really interesting one. And I got to say, like, I've observed this so many times because, again, all of our models of sex come from porn, but especially threesomes. Most people haven't seen a lot of threesomes. People act really porny. Right. I, I don't know. If, do you not remember that from seeing that at parties and clubs, like people being a little bit over the top performative? And I want to be really clear, that's not a criticism, because if that gets you off, then by all means, go for it. But what I'm trying to say is that don't assume that what they do in porn is what you need to do in your threesome. Right. Because we have to remember porn is a visual medium. Right. It's not a physical one. It's partially audio, but they're not focused necessarily on what the actors and performers are feeling. They're focused on what it looks like for the camera. So even the way the three bodies set up, it's so that you can see angles and perspectives that the camera likes. And in real life, you don't have to worry about a camera unless you're into that. Yeah. I mean, for me, porn is where I learned, I've saw other people having sex. So my being, when I was younger, the way I responded was based on what I saw in porn because because I didn't know on my own how it was supposed to respond. So were you like a jackhammerer? Uh, yeah, definitely. When I was younger, it was just like, I'm going to go as fast and as hard as I can because <laughs> that's what I saw. And clearly I've learned for me that doesn't always have to be the way that it needs to go. But I've learned that over time and I've learned that by also picking up on cues on how your body responds. So you asked some great questions, which is when you speak to your partner or that individual or the people that you're having this threesome with, it's like, what cues can I pick up on? But mm -hmm. it all goes back to having that conversation in advance, which frankly, for me would almost feel unnatural before you even had sex. Sex is supposed to be the spontaneous thing that happens as opposed to a, a planned situation. But what if it's more playful than that? Like what if you go for dinner? 
dinner, for example. Uh, and that's something you want to talk about as well. Like, are you just getting together for the sex? Or is there going to be dinner before or drinks after or snuggling after? And, you know, I've heard from unicorns who say that, you know, if they when they are with a couple, they want to feel cared for, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you want to snuggle after, they may want to snuggle after. I- I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I I do very much like the idea of having the conversation in advance. So couldn't you make it playful at dinner or even via text? Like, what are you into? Like, what is it you want to try? Or what's your ultimate fantasy? Or what turns you on? And I think that playfulness can be a really hot discussion. So it's not necessarily sitting at a boardroom table and going through a checklist of, yes, I accept pinky fingers in my bum, but not thumbs. I accept two fingers in the vaginal canal, but not three. I love when you play with my right nostril, but not my left nostril. Like it doesn't have to be so regimented, although it can be too. Like for me, that wouldn't bother me at all. I'd be happy to go through a checklist with you. (laughs) No, I just like the idea of even the dinner or drinks or whatever it is that you're doing in advance can be the foreplay. Like it can be the lead up, the build up. So, you know, for those that hour or two or however long, it's anticipatory, right? Like you're already getting riled up for what will come. Yeah. And you're getting to know one another, right? Like mm-hmm. you're picking up on one another's vibes. Uh, you're picking up on their communication style. And we, you, I think we see this all the time, um, not just for threesomes, but for any kind of group exchange. So, for example, when we've, we're places where couples are hooking up with one another, you know, you'll see couples go to dinner and then they often, you know, go dancing after and then maybe they, if there's a hot tub, I don't know why there's always a hot tub involved, but there's always a hot tub for these situations. They like go to the hot tub and hang out. And then it's, it's literally hours of building and conversation and getting to know them before you actually get down to anything physical. Do you notice that? Yeah. And, and you know what? It creates some connection. It creates an environment. Like I said, the, the buildup, it's a lot of fun. You made reference to something earlier and I'm just reflecting on it now, the idea of a notch on the belt or being just another, like another. And when I've had people approach me or us, and I felt like that's all it is where, you know, somebody approaches you, says something, and then is like, oh, you're not interested? Boom, on to somebody else. I've been like, oh, okay. So yeah, that was, I mean, again, that was just my response, but it was like, yeah, I didn't really feel that great. Like you're, they're only into you. They won't even have a conversation with you unless there's a chance that you're going to have sex with them. Humor me for five minutes. Have a conversation. Well, that's, it's interesting because you probably don't experience that much as a guy, but as a woman, we get treated like that by men all the time. Yeah. Right? Like if we're not giving them what they want, they're not going to kind of quote unquote waste their time on us. And I think that's a sociocultural, I guess, norm around sex that you... You just are working to get to one specific goal and there isn't the rest of the human interaction and connection. And uh, I do have a previous episode with Luna Matata's long time ago where she talks about how unicorns are so often treated that way, right? It's just Mm -hmm. like they're being hunted so hard. And so I think that's something for all of us to keep in mind. Like I will tell you, I remember when I think I was like 20 years old and I had first met you and I like we had talked about threesomes. And I admit my only thought was how do we make sure we do this in a way that preserves our relationship? How do we find someone who's a fit for us? Like nothing on my mind was about, well, what what kind of person, like how do I want to make them feel? 
what what are they into um and it was all like fantasy anyway Mm -hmm. but i i think that it's just an important piece to remember that there's all this privilege that exists within a couple and it's obviously not only when it comes to threesomes it has to do with taxation it has to do with income it has to do with how we live that's why it's always my rule that if a third party comes out with us like if one of my friends comes for dinner i'm like no 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 we pay if there's two of us we always pay i don't know we have dual income even though some of my friends have partners at home it's just kind of the way i think yeah i I, I agree. I mean, the, the focus has shifted over time. And I think it's more of a, I see the human in you, which is, I want to be nice to you. I want to make sure that you're taken care of. And, and like you said, if we go out for, for dinner with somebody, I guess that I've taken your lead on that, which is if you're, if a friend or a third per- person comes along, we're going to... I mean, my lead is always pay. Yeah. <laughs> I hate being paid for. <laughs> like always pay. Um, and so as we have these conversations, right, and there are so many considerations here, starting with the very broad about why you want to have a threesome and how you want to feel in a threesome to the very specific, right? Like, are you willing to play with the anus? Are you willing to put your tongue here? What is it that you want to do very specifically? I, I think I also want to offer the reminder that most people don't have threesomes, right? We talked about that data last week. And there are lots of different things you can do, even with these conversations, to kind of facilitate threesome light, right, um, with a partner, whether it's a long-term partner or any sex partner. You know, simply just talking about it in bed, right? Like talking about what it's going to feel like, talking about the things you want to do, talking about the people you want to do it with. Uh, and that can be very intimidating and very overwhelming. And as you said, that can give you a taste of how you might actually feel in the moment. And you might say, okay, I can push myself far enough where this is a huge turn on because of the risk, because of the jealousy, because, and I'm, not that everybody feels jealous, I'm just saying that's a common experience that the jealousy can be a bit of a turn on on both ends. Uh, and just talking about it. And that can give you an indication of whether or not you actually want to go through with it. Uh, there can also be kind of that teasing when you're out in public, right? Like, um, talking about how you're going to go talk to someone or maybe flirting with someone in a respectful way that you're not leading them on or being untoward. And I know that flirting really varies from culture to culture. Like some of our cultures, flirting is very, very open and normalized. And for others, flirting is something that we're, we have to be a bit more careful with. Um, it could just be watching a threesome on film, like watching a scene and talking about what you want to do and how you want to do it and how you want to insert yourselves. Uh, some people are having virtual threesomes, right? Interacting with a cam model in a private room and making sure you pay them generously for their work. It could be that you role play, right? So maybe I blindfold you and I play with like my hands and my tongue and a toy and I I make it so that you can't physically differentiate between, you know, whose hands are on you. I talk about how, how I'm going to share you and how we're going to please you. And uh, the nice thing about fantasy is that you actually don't have to consider anybody's feelings except for the people in the room, right? So they know, you know, you don't have to worry about somebody else's emotional needs. You don't have to worry about whether you hang out after, right? The role play allows it to be whoever's in the room at the time. Um, for some people, you can go watch threesomes. Like, I mean, I, I really have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of threesomes or group situations. I'm not like counting them. And I don't, for me, whether there's three of you or four of you or five of you, it's kind of the same, same jam, except for that whole couple plus one dynamic, which you have to be aware of. So even just going to a place where threesomes are happening, like a sex club and not being a part of them, but being just in the vicinity of them. Uh, And of course, doing it respectfully, there are places where it's meant to be exhibitionist and voyeuristic, and there are places where people are looking for privacy, right? Like if they've tied the curtains around a four-poster bed, you're not going to peek through the little slot. (laughs) But they, you know, there are sex clubs with rooms where there is a, is it a one 
one-way mirror. So where you're intended, where you know you're going to be watched. Um, It could be that you don't want to have a physical threesome with a third party, but maybe you just want to engage some watching. It could be that you go for an erotic massage and you can choose to make it non-genital, right? It can just be erotic. And again, when you are working with professionals, please, you know, show the utmost respect, learn everything you can, Uh, go back and listen to the modern horror episode of this podcast with Andrea Warhan for some perspective on how to honor and really show appreciation for sex workers. And of course, one, the number one way is to show your financial generosity because that's why they're there. Pay. Pay a lot. Pay a lot. Tip a lot. Tip heavy. So we've spent two weeks on threesomes, which we don't usually do. We don't usually split the episodes, but I, I wanted to leave you with this. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the questions for consideration in the podcast notes because I have some additional ones uh, for you to consider as well. Some questions not only on why you want to have a threesome, but also how you're going to deal with distressful emotions, right? Like, are you comfortable admitting to jealousy, insecurity, distress? What makes you feel jealous, insecure, and distressed? When you feel jealous, insecure, or distressed, how does it show up in your body? Um, What do you want to do in those cases? How can you self-soothe? How can a partner or partners support you? What do you want them not to do? Uh, What are some cues to look for in partners if you are feeling those emotions? So I'm going to put that questionnaire up there as well, as well as a specific questionnaire for couples. And I didn't want to spend all the time on that today, but I can kind of quickly go through it before we wrap up. This is a questionnaire for couples to kind of moderate the threesome within the context of the relationship. So whose idea was it? Do you feel any pressure? Have you indirectly or directly pressured your partner? What do you hope to get out of the experience? What are your concerns about the experience? What would it look like if it goes well? What happens if something goes awry? Like how will you communicate? How will you respond? How will you manage it within the context of your relationship with one another? What do you value? in a third party, right? What type of person do you want to connect with? How do you feel about strangers, acquaintances, friends, sex workers? And what are you going to do about your couple's privilege? Like, how are you going to make sure that all voices and all desires are heard and respected? So I think that there are questions that we can all consider, and then there are some that are specific to couples. So I'm going to put those three questionnaires in the show notes, the general questionnaire for threesomes, the one specifically on jealousy, insecurity, and distress, and one specifically for couples to navigate with one another and you can find those in the show notes at sexwithdrjess.com in the podcast section so with that we are going to wrap before i do i want to say thank you again to love honey they've been as i said in the business for many years awards from the queen of england and like brandon said i guess she's freaky and knows her stuff so do check out love honey online we'll put the links in the notes but also you can use code drjess10 to save on pretty much any toy in the business they've got them all Uh, Thanks so much, babe, for, for chatting with me today. And thank you, folks, for tuning in. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.